0: you're listening to the podcast expat radio my name is Michelle dannen of your move to the netherlands a company that supports international people with a smooth landing in the netherlands in this episode of expat radio an interview with Jolien leonard Jolien is from the uk he moved with his family to the netherlands three years ago in this podcast he speaks about his motives to move his work in virtual reality and a special building program he is involved in because of the coronavirus, we did this interview online. Just for our understanding, why did you come to the Netherlands?
1: For me, it was primarily, it represented a good employment opportunity. Uh, and also it represented an opportunity for, for me to sort of live the life that I felt I wanted to. And, and I felt that um, Brexit Britain potentially would deny me and my family the kind of opportunities that I wanted.
0: Okay, because you have a wife and you have children as well?
1: That's right. So uh, my wife is from Spain, uh, and my children were both born in the UK. Um, one is 11, and the other one is 8. Uh, and they've lived all of their lives in the UK, up right. until three years ago when we chose to move yeah. here.
0: And where about did you live in the UK?
1: We were on the south coast uh, in a place called Portsmouth. Portsmouth is a, is a naval base and has been for many hundreds of years. And much like the Netherlands, it's flat as a pancake, um, and, <laughs> and there's only finite room for, for growth.
0: And uh, you, you mentioned something like uh, you were not not sure if you would have the opportunity in uh, the UK uh, to do what you wanted to do. So what were your plans?
1: Well, I, I think for me, I, you know, I, firstly, I think it's probably worth mentioning what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, I've, for 20 plus years, I'm, uh, I've been working as a video game designer. Um, and roughly about four and a half years ago or so, um, I started working exclusively in virtual reality. Now, in terms of my, my employer at the time, um, the actual opportunity to work in VR was, was definitely there, and, and you know they were very much uh, geared up towards it, um, but their commitment to it was lukewarm. They weren't quite sure if they really wanted to go for it. Uh, and i could see that it was, it was it was extraordinarily exciting in fact it kind of really rekindled my passion for my career um and it sort of coincided with my children sort of reaching an age where they became a little more independent and so on so i think that for me the time was right to start looking around for other opportunities and that also coincided with the with the uh the referendum on uh, Britain's membership of the European Union in, in the summer of 2016.
0: Um,
1: so when, when the
0: people in the UK said, yes, we want to leave the EU, you said, okay, then we would like to
1: leave. Uh, yeah, we would like to leave Britain. I mean, the, the thing is, is um, I, I had previously lived um, across the U- the, the Europe and, and, and beyond, um, and my wife as well. Um, and we had actually first met uh, in 2004 in, in Amsterdam. Um, and she was doing her master's degree, uh, and I was working for uh, quite a big developer in the Netherlands, at least uh, called Gorilla Games. Um, so we 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 kind of knew something about the Netherlands before we chose to sort of come back here, um, and we also had a bit more of a kind of maybe a bit more of an international perspective um, on on the world.
0: So, and you are you still in this virtual reality business? I am, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you you, you create video games yourself, virtual reality video games. Is that what I understand? Yes. Okay. So you're you're the developer (laughs) yourself, or are you more like the the manager behind the developers?
1: Okay. So it's probably worth uh, sort of unpacking what, what, what a designer does in video games. The designer is the person that sort of helps coordinate the kind of creative effort and the engineering effort to sort of shape a vision and then shape the tools uh that we need to sort of create the engineering and the artistic content Uh, and then as a designer you tend to have a role of actually sort of putting those things together
0: that's what i was thinking that this is not something you do all by yourself you work in a team oh
1: no no definitely a team enterprise
0: yeah so can you tell me a bit about this team so and how do you work together normally in normal circumstances, not with this coronavirus <laughs>
1: situation. Well, you know, VR is slightly different to video gaming, um, mm-hmm. just by virtue of the type kind of budgets that are available. You know, it's still a, sort of a new and emerging medium. I think over the last four years or so, you know, traditionally the team sizes have been around about 20 people or so. Right. Because you, you moved to the
0: Netherlands uh, three years ago to Amsterdam. And this mm-hmm. team, do they all live in Amsterdam?
1: Yes, in fact, one of the reasons that I chose to come back here was, uh, well, twofold really. One, it was a dedicated VR company, and this was very much in line with what I was looking for. As, you know, something that was progressive and, and slightly, and, you know, there was an appetite for risk. And also, it was working with people that I had worked with in the past. So, it was Dutch people that I had known uh, and worked with in the past and enjoyed kind of the, the collaboration of working with these with these people. Uh, and so, I kind of, there was a combination of people that I trust and that also having an appetite for risk, well, you know, it was, it, was, uh, it was exciting and safe. It had, you know, the right balance.
0: Right. Because you knew it in a way, you knew the people in a way, you knew the country yeah. in a way, uh, yeah. and you were actually excited to go back and continue working with these people. Absolutely. Okay. And how did it go? So, three years ago, you arrived.
1: I came out first, um, and I was here as kind of the, the advance party, uh, and I had around about six, seven weeks to find somewhere to live. Um, find a school and uh, I, that that was about it and, and then of course start my new job um, and sort of obviously acquaint myself with a new team, um, new tools. I was actually parachuted into a project that had just undergone quite a, quite a, a strong pivot uh, and that was being handed over to me so I was picking up quite a lot all at once. Um, and I was also sofa surfing um, in the sense that I... I picked up with um old friends from from the netherlands and i was kind of staying in in yeah surfing their sofas uh until i, I managed to find somewhere to live because <laughs> you had
0: agreed with your wife that you would do this like one and a half months uh, before so that That's right. when the family would come over they would be sort of ready to to settle down somewhere absolutely yes so you had a job to do in a few weeks <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then some yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and how did uh, it go well I, I, you know at first um of course, there was the joy of being back in amsterdam was was phenomenal uh, really and liked I, it. I was i yeah uh, and one of my friends was living in the jordan and i was i was staying in her spare room. Um, and so I could walk to work and I, I, and, uh, it was, it was, uh, September, September 2016 and it was mm-hmm. gloriously sunny and it was fantastic. And I, you know, I was, and I was living on my own, so I didn't have any of the kind of those, the domestic responsibilities. So I'd get up early, a warm welcome. walk to work. Yeah. i walk to work and I thought, you know, you're doing a great job of welcoming you back. Uh, Amsterdam. It's <laughs> lovely yes. to be here. Yes. And then, and then of course, naturally the weather turned into, uh, uh yeah it, <laughs> it quickly became very 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 cold and wet uh and then my number one priority sort of apart from you know i, I, I was ringing around trying to find apartments and of course finding accommodation in the netherlands is sure. or specifically in amsterdam is, is challenging mm-hmm. uh and so very quickly my first objective became get a bicycle um because i was having to walk <laughs> walk around it took forever and i was getting absolutely soaked um so I, I would recommend that to anyone. If you cycle uh, uh, a couple of kilometers, you're out in the rain for a few minutes. If you're walking for a couple of kilometers uh, in the rain, you're soaked. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so, uh, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, very quickly, I. I so you found that bicycle.
0: bicycle, and then you were just on a on a mission to get it home.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> hard work. I mean, there's I think there's there's two things. There's one which was we wanted to find uh, a school. Yes. Um... And um, what kind of
0: school uh, were you looking for like dutch schools or international
1: schools dutch schools definitely dutch. definitely dutch schools yeah yeah because um, what is the I language
0: know. you speak at home
1: uh because <laughs> your wife is spanish no, no yeah no. <laughs> Well, my, my wife would, would, when we lived in the UK, my wife would speak Spanish to the children and they would speak mm-hmm. back to her in English. Um, now, I my wife and I actually spent uh, almost two years living in Madrid, um, where I managed to pick up the language, um, although she refuses flatly to speak to me in Spanish. She says it's like talking to a child. Um, so, uh, <laughs> So the home language, previously, was a combination of Spanish and English. And then when we moved here and we realized that, that um, the children needed to speak Dutch, and my wife already spoke Dutch, um, that um, we would we would drop Spanish at home and it would be a mixture of Dutch and English, um, which is it's mostly English, but now that the children have been here for three years and they've got fully integrated in, into into Dutch life, um they there are certain words and phrases and and certain topics where they they can't speak about it in English. Uh, and the conversation needs to switch switch into dutch
0: wow that's that's an interesting uh i think situation at home the way you you now <laughs> deal with those languages and so your wife doesn't speak Spanish with the children anymore
1: no, certainly not, but I think um now that the children's dutch is is really there i mean my son my eldest son was the only kid in his class to to uh get a hundred percent in his dutch grammar uh test from recently so as being I
0: mean, not not one of the native speakers. That's it's, that's an, yeah. an, an enormous accomplishment. Yeah.
1: yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm super proud of that. Uh,
0: Fantastic. So, so you said the, the while you were looking for a, a home, an apartment, uh, the main objective was to have a good school. I understand.
1: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and and of course, um, you know, the Netherlands is is uh, sort of outward looking and, um, and and sort of understands that there are people that come here for work and there are also people that come here for for refuge. Um, and there's the newcomer. Uh, schooling system which is an orientation system for children to uh, basically learn the basics of Dutch uh, and understand the values of of the society and and, and the kind of the characteristics of the society Uh, and the newcomer school um, that we needed to enroll the children with um, wasn't necessarily very close to where we ended up living (laughs) but it it, it really helped them sort of get their act together but this your question really was about how, how did we choose a school I guess.
0: Well, uh, what you said is very interesting and also uh, understandable for many people that although you need to find a place and you only had a short amount of time because the family was coming in a few weeks, uh, your, mm-hmm. your main objective was to find a good school. That's what I yeah. understand. And if I yeah. understand well, then you say I needed to find first a school and then to focus on a place close to that school. Is that, is that the right assumption?
1: Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, I, I knew that I, I couldn't afford to live in central Amsterdam. And so we were looking for something that was affordable, but also, I I hate to say this, I mean, some of the, some of the accommodation is not fantastic in terms of quality. So I was looking for a newer property and a school that kind of that, that met our values as well.
0: I understand. And close to the city.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And did you find it in time?
1: I did. The process of finding somewhere is is feels uh very unempowering i would say so there's the the funder website which i think is probably the most Uh, commonly known and broadly used uh, sort of website Mm -hmm. for for rental and sales yes but it's but it's it moves so much slower than the market itself Mm -hmm. and it's more an indication of what might be available than actually what is available Mm -hmm. Um, and certainly I found with uh, the rental side of things is that because the, the the turnover is that much higher, that you absolutely needed to sort of find an agent and register with them. That's um, a very good and tip. And did yeah, you find I, I this
0: was... out by by experience, or did somebody tell you about this?
1: Uh, from experience, I think from from my well, my first in here, I used an agent in the first place, and then I've used <laughs> used Gumtree to find a, to find a fantastic house and then find housemates. But that was uh, sort of pre kids. Um, uh, sort of now I was really looking for someone who had uh, an agency that had many properties and so they had a better insight in terms of what was becoming available because ultimately as soon as stuff becomes available, you know, you have to join a queue. So funder was really, really an indication of what had already been let, rather than the stuff that was really available.
0: I understand. So this was a good strategy because it worked. You found a place.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I think I I viewed one or two places, one or two, maybe a little more, three or four places um, with this particular agent, and and I was and of those, the first three were with a group of people. You know, you you turn up at a certain time of day, and there would be a bunch of people, and you'd all go in, and it and it was a little frenetic. It was kind of a bit panicky. You know, I want it. Oh no, I want it. You know, everyone was kind of jostling to sort of. Express interest uh, to the agents and that that was that was a little bit stressful that said um, You know, I I persisted with the agents in terms of expressing my my need and and letting them know quite clearly what my timescales were Uh, and they then sort of took it upon them to sort of put me in touch with uh, uh, With a tenant who was about to move out. So the house I ended up renting, I, there was no agent there, there was no queue of people there. I went round, I knocked on the door and I saw the apartment and the tenant who was about to move out showed it to me. Wonderful. What a great solution. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how lovely this apartment really is. Yeah. Are you still I, there I, after three years? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. It's, it's, uh, okay. it's uh, about 100 square meters, um, at, which is just about doable for a family of four. Um but it sadly only has two bedrooms and my children are approaching teenage years. Oh so. <laughs> I've like at their own <laughs> <So>. place now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And so are you planning to move out and go somewhere else?
1: Yeah, we we sold our house in in the UK when we left. We really did make mm-hmm. a, a a clean exit ourselves. Um and we have been looking to reinvest the capital from the house sale into uh, in, into a, a house here in the Netherlands because here you're renting in, in, out for
0: three
1: I, years. Yeah, been renting for right. three years, and our capital's been sitting there, and we've been really waiting to get our permanent contracts and and uh, and, and really get established before and, and before looking to enter into the market um, to buy a house, and that has been extremely bumpy. Um, I mean, the demand way outstrips the supply, uh, yes. and we spent almost nine months just going into a bidding process to buy a house and we would be outbid every time and it wouldn't be outbid by one or two thousand euros there was one place we were outbid by sixty thousand euros i mean I, that's a whole topic in itself the kind of the attempt to buy somewhere we want to stay here in Eiburg, not least all because we like it but because we you know we, we're we're mindful of the disruption to children's lives um if we needed to move move to another school again i think i think that would be that would be too big an ask for our kids. So, we're looking to uh, buy uh, in, in Iber, and we've actually committed to a, uh, a new build project um, on Centrum Island, which is just a, an extension of Iber.
0: Right. And so, you're going to build a house um, as a newcomer in the country, you're going to build a new house in Amsterdam. That's a uh, really yeah. special adventure.
1: <laughs> it really is. And it's not just uh, a new build, it's a, a cooperative. So it's a collection of people uh, engaging in a house build together. So you're going to be
0: building your new home together with other people.
1: That's right. It's a a self-build cooperative. So it's 26 households coming together with uh, some shared values when it comes to sustainability. Uh, And and it's not just about sustainability from an energy usage point of view. Um, It's also sustainability from uh, building a community as well and and, and building uh, a sort of a group of people that do things together and know each other and look out for each other. Um, So, from, from an energy point of view, there's, there's great features like a ground pump. In fact, this is the ground pump for the whole of Central Island it is underneath our building. Uh, wow. And that's actually powered by solar panels on top of the building. Uh, and then there's a, 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 a rainwater collection system, which uh, drives a secondary grey water system for toilet flushing, uh, dishwashers, and so on. And then there's other uh, sort of community features, such as an orangery, a sort of a greenhouse on the roof. Uh, which will have a kitchen in it. Uh, for and the greenhouse of, is also collective. for
0: growing growing crops and
1: things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then that's next to the roof garden as well, which we hope to also uh, use for, for growing some some stuff to eat as well. Uh, oh. And then we on the ground floor, we have uh, a collective workspace. Um, we're looking to make that sort of a multifunctional space so that it can be used for both a, a workshop for tools and so on, but also for uh, collective exercise as well. And then next to that, there's a non-profit commercial space. So the gemeente has given us the the, the facility to use this and not necessarily pay business rates if it's a um, non-profit enterprise.
0: It sounds Um, like a wonderful project. Really nice. It really is. And ready for the future. I hear elements that we nowadays talk about as sharing, sustainability.
1: Terms we use are sort of like social pioneers. Uh, yes. and, and ways of kind of becoming a little bit more low impact, a little bit more self-sustaining um, and yeah, I mean, all of those things sort of really rang true with both my wife and I um, and, and, and and secondly and well, not secondly, but perhaps more importantly it, it was quite affordable as well and that was one of the, uh, the objectives of the project.
0: Of course yes, but it sounds like a, a challenge, but at the same time something worth it.
1: Yes definitely that challenge. And when is it is ready? <laughs> Uh, Or is that the challenge? Well, that's one of the challenges: is actually uh, coordinating the finances of twenty-six people and maintaining the commitment so that we can actually sort of sign up with the with the building contractor. That's due to happen next week, uh, with a view to start building on the first of May. Um, But let's see, let's see how that uh, how that progresses.
0: Mm. And now we know about the decision-making process of the Dutch. It's notorious. Uh, have you experienced this in this project?
1: Yes, and I love it. Uh, for me, you know, consensual decision-making is... Because that's what key.
0: we're talking about, right? Focusing on consensus yeah. all the time. Can you, can yeah, you yeah. share your experiences
1: with that? Uh, well, it's firstly, it's not always consensual. <laughs> it's a, it is a little bit of a myth. However, um, you know, we, we meet as a group uh, every month to sort of... to All, all 26? People, all 26 households, yeah. Wow. Um, and and ad- in addition to that, we also run uh, promotional uh, events to to sell the remaining apartments. So so I want to say all twenty six. There there are a few that, that have remained unsold. Um, and I guess it's because because it is so uh, pioneering in some respects. It's a little bit m- more of an ask than just buying a house. But to get back to the kind of the, the, the consensual decision making, I like the fact that it's inclusive. However, these these are these are. These are aspirations because human nature is still in there. People are still not 100% altruistic. We we still want to look out for ourselves. We still become fearful and and, and become irrational and and so on. So those frailties of, of being human are still present uh and 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 any group dynamic there there are kind of balances of power and and so on and so forth so i think you know the consensual model is 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 an aspiration uh because when you when it comes into contact with human beings (laughs) it gets tricky Um, But still still
0: you enjoy the process out here
1: not always because it's difficult i think that you know it doesn't take it doesn't distract from the fact you know when you've got to try and make decisions and 26 people need to be on board with those decisions you never you're never going to get a hundred percent people behind it, so you know that there's going to be some people that disagree. Yet you need to sort of move on. You need to, you know, the, the choices are, you know, you either you either change the outcome that you're not happy with, accept it, or leave. But and you're so in we this together, life.
0: and you want to make this happen. It sounds like
1: absolutely. But I mean, th- there have been people that have left. You know, they've committed, they've put the money down, and then they've said, "Oh, I can't do this. This is too hard," and and have walked away. Um, and that, and that's quite sad sometimes because you know you you build relationships with those people, um, and and you know when you understand they have shared values and 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 so on, you know you you get to like them, and when when they walk yes. away, well, it's going to be my neighbour? Quite like that.
0: So, and the people that remain uh, are going to be your neighbours, and yeah. you already know them pretty well. One when everything is done, and you can actually live there, you actually know your
1: neighbours very well. That's the idea. Uh, we've been having team building exercises outside of the kind of the uh, the, the monthly meetings and the uh, the sales exercises.
0: Yeah, because yeah, it's almost it's like uh, they're they're, they're neighbours, but also a little bit of colleagues at the same time.
1: This has been a bit of a, a learning curve for all of us as a community, and that is, you know, we we are building a community. We're not we're not making friends. We're stakeholders in in a, in a yes. joint enterprise. And it's very important to sort of... It was. It's good to be friends with people and to be friendly. We don't have to be friends with each other. And, and, you know, as with any sort of random collection of people, there are some people that we get on better than than others. And so, you know, you just need to be grown up about it and sort of set your expectations realistically. Sure.
0: But you did not expect this to happen, right, Uh, three years ago when you moved to the Netherlands?
1: No, 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 not at all. I I mean, I, I haven't really talked about some of the things I'm most excited about because ultimately... I, I get to design my own home. Where, oh, this is this is phenomenal. No, you didn't mention like that. Ah. No, no, so so the layout of the home is, is my choice. Um I can't sort of change supporting walls or 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 or, or, or sort of where the front door is and, and so on. But I can you know, within but all that, the rest I, you can do yourself. I, I, oh. I, I can myself and as a games designer I, know I have spent a certain amount of time sort of Building environments, virtual environments that that, that, have, that serve functions, and so it was quite nice to sort of apply my my <laughs> my professional skills as a games designer in, in designing my home, and then bringing that to an architect and getting their feedback and, and having that validated was extremely rewarding. um oh, yeah. I don't, and I'm also looking forward to actually obviously seeing if, if, it, if it turns out to be as good as I hope it's going to be. Yeah.
0: Have, you, have you already, uh, just a thought, have you already proposed to make a virtual reality of the plan that you're creating together as uh, future neighbors?
1: Uh, well, that's probably the first thing I did, really. Uh, oh, you already did. <laughs> so, so people actually yeah, walked yeah. in their new homes. Uh, I haven't done it for everyone yet. It's uh, it's uh, challenging enough to be a, a parent and work full time. But I have done it for the ho- the the houses that we needed to sell, and I've done it for my own apartment as well. Um, I, and can I people
0: can, can people see that somewhere? Is that is that publicly available?
1: Mm, well, I think. Uh, well, <laughs> it it has been yes. I've I've been taking the virtual reality kit to the uh, the Bao Cafe. Um, the sort of the events that are up in Lola Land um, and our own individual kind of sales events uh, and, and invited people that, that you know, prospective uh, people to join the community to actually walk around and, and see the place, uh, yeah, you know, um, first hand.
0: I'm, I'm just thinking maybe it's a business case a case in the future, if you like. Who knows? Because I, yeah, yeah, I, this I, is so, the building I, I, of the future, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been showing it to my, uh, my colleagues, uh, or some of my friends who happen to be architects and, and they've really enjoyed the, the, the particular type of VR experience which I've been able to create, which is not one where you're an eyeball on a stick and you just kind of look around, but actually where you can put the headset on and walk and walk around uh, and actually experience it as a continuous experience, uh, much like a, a real home and a real space.
0: To me, it sounds like a business
1: case. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, really, it had occurred to me very much so. I think one of the the interesting things is when this this sort of technology evolves a little more and we're able to sort of co-author a space, with a client, so for example, you're exactly. both in the virtual space, and you can just grab a wall, grab a window, you can just drag it around, uh, and actually edit, do a live edit of a, of a virtual space, which then turns into a, a real one.
0: Would be if, uh, if um, you, if you super- think about that, it's mind blowing, and you're you're living it actually because you yeah, you, yeah. you have been in the creative world for such a long time and know how to create things in a virtual space, and now you're actually creating it in real life in Amsterdam.
1: It's phenomenal. It is. It really is.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for for sharing all of this. Uh, just um, to wrap up, uh, looking back on the last three years, um, what has been the highlight and what has been the challenge
1: for you? The highlight for me is seeing how much we have all grown as a family. I think you know there, it was it was a big risk. I think moving a family and taking them somewhere else. You know, it, it took nerves of steel to sort of commit to it and especially, you know, the way that we committed to it, we kind of went, you know, full in. There were moments where I wasn't sure if my kids would cope. I was there were moments there where I wasn't sure if my wife would find the kind of work that she was looking for. And there were moments there where I you know, I wasn't quite sure if really committing to BR was was, was gonna pay off. We've all profited enormously. I think my my, my kids love the kind of the, the level of freedom that they get uh, as children here in the netherlands um i think they they really responded well to the kind of the schooling which is a little bit more sort of puts the onus on you to take to sort of Take advantage of opportunity and create opportunity for yourself. My wife, uh, well, I mean, she's, she's flying. I mean, she's gone from a small business owner in the UK to now she's uh, she's on her way to becoming uh, a, a director uh, at a gallery that she works at. And she's about to, well, she's just published her first article in her PhD. So, you know, <laughs> it's fantastic. And we're about to, you know, do, build our own home um, that really sort of aligns with our values. The, the yeah, whole so, family
0: is doing very well. And settled yeah, down yeah, uh, yeah. fantastically. Yeah, very good to hear. I think um, this uh, story is very inspirational for many people when they listen to this.
1: I, I really, I, I, I can't tell people enough enough people to really come here. It's great. <laughs> just, yeah. the, just don't move here for the weather.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. That's
0: okay. is it. Is it always bad?
1: No, no, because that's no, the image no, no. that
0: the Netherlands has, right? That the, the weather is always bad. It, it, what's no. your experience? Looking back on the last three years, uh, if you would uh, review the weather, what, what, are, the, what are the things, Jack, you can mention?
1: Well, I, I, I lived in Norway for four years. The Norwegians have a great sort of philosophy, which is there's no such thing as bad weather. You've just got the wrong clothes on. With that in mind, you know, I, I cycle to work every day. It's, it's a 12 kilometer ride. Come rain or shine, you know. The worst aspect is not the rain. I think it's the wind. Um, but I think that's been more true at the beginning of this year than than sort of the three years prior to. Um, it's been pretty extreme this uh, this winter. Yeah, this, this 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 winter's been pretty windy. Um, but you know, I I go camping in the Netherlands. You know, I go live outside. It's not it's not undoable at all, at all. Uh, and I go camping in the spring and in the autumn. In the summer, I go somewhere warm. Perhaps not this year, though. Let's see.
0: So to summarize, it sounds like it that. Uh this whole decision of the, uh, the UK people to leave the EU and you as a family then deciding to move has been a good one. Absolutely. Thanks so much for all your uh, information and all your experiences sharing that with us. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be a, a fantastic place that you are going to be uh, building together with
1: your uh, Dutch neighbours. Thank you very much indeed. And I've been only too happy to share it all with you.